This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards and young Benjamin Franklin, the birth of ingenuity. Pulitzer Prize finalist Nick Bunker presents a fresh account of one of the most important figures in American history. For the fascinating story of the first 40 years of his life, Franklin emerges as a complex, even conflicted human being, ambitious, tough, and even ruthless as he picks his way through a harsh colonial world, but also poetic and imaginative with strong emotions and a rebellious streak. Nick Bunker is the author of three nonfiction books, including An Empire on the Edge, How Britain Came to Fight America, which was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize for History and won the 2015 George Washington Prize, born in London and educated in the UK at King's College, Cambridge, and then in New York at Columbia University. Bunker began his career as a newspaper reporter in Liverpool in the 80s and moved to the Financial Times. After leaving journalism, he worked in the stock market in London and in corporate finance, chiefly for the Hong Kong and Shanghai Banking Corporation. For many years, he served on the board of the Freud Museum in Hampstead, London. Happy to have uh, Nick Bunker join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Nick, welcome to this program. Well, hello. Thank you for having me. What led you to want to write about the early life of Benjamin Franklin? Well, it came naturally, in a way, out of my uh, previous book. Um, the book I wrote before was An Emperor on the Edge, which was all about the uh, onset of the revolutionary crisis of the um, 1770s. But I did it kind of from a British point of view. Um, while I was doing that, I was really looking very closely at Franklin at that particular point, um, after the Boston Tea Party, when he was really falling out of the love with the British Empire really very seriously, becoming more and more disenchanted. And I kind of got bitten by the Franklin bug because as I was going through his papers and, and reading things very carefully, I, I got, was starting to get a real sense of, of what the man was, was like. Um, and I felt I really wanted to write about Franklin, but I, I, I needed to write about a period of Franklin that was neglected, you know, somewhere where I could really add value, so to speak. And that is obviously the early life. And also, of course, you know, in the early life, there was an awful lot of transition, trans of of, of transmission of ideas and culture and so on between America and England. And I felt that, given my background, I could shed some extra light on this. So, really, that's how it came about. We're chatting with Nick Bunker, Pulitzer Prize finalist. His book is Young Benjamin Franklin, The Birth of Ingenuity. That word, ingenuity, Nick, why is it such an important word in your book? Well, these days, okay, when we use the word ingenuity today, 21st century, sometimes it has kind of slightly negative connotations. I mean, if you're in a business meeting, for example, or, or in any kind of meeting, and someone says, that idea is ingenious, very often it would mean it was kind of clever, but totally impractical. You know, it's, it's the kind of phrase that sometimes people use a bit dismissively. Back in the 18th century, in Franklin's period, and before in England, uh, didn't have that kind of negative connotation. It was a very positive thing. And Franklin used the word ingenious or ingenuity many, many times, in his autobiography, for example, and in his other writings. What ingenuity meant then was, it meant people like Sir Isaac Newton, you know, great scientists. It meant imagination, it meant intellect, it meant theoretical reach. It also meant uh, skills with the hand as well as with the brain. It was a really very positive thing. And whenever Franklin wanted to say that somebody, uh, talk about somebody he really admired, like his father, he said they're ingenious. So I wanted to get at what this really meant for Franklin and to show how he himself strove to be an ingenious person. You mentioned Benjamin Franklin's father. Unlike other biographers of Franklin, you've undertaken substantial research into the Franklin family in England. 
Before Benjamin's father came to the American colonies, what did you learn and how does the knowledge of his family change that image of Franklin as a self-made man? Well, he was certainly self-made in the sense that uh, he didn't in- inherit any money from his father. Um, Franklin had to create his own business, so he was self-made in that sense. But the point was that the Franklin family, even before Franklin was born, they had contained some very highly talented individuals. You'd have to read the book, you know, to, to the opening chapter of the book to get the full sense of this, but essentially they were very, very highly skilled craftsmen. They were very highly literate. They were also politically aware. You know, they were involved and immersed in English politics at the latter end of the, of the 17th century. And all this kind of heritage of skills and this heritage of interests came over to America with them when, when Franklin's father immigrated to Boston in 1683. And so it means that when Franklin was a boy, around the Franklin dinner table in Boston, you would have heard all kinds of interesting discussions. And that meant that Franklin had a kind of a head start, you know. Uh, as a boy, he was already launched on his intellectual and his, and his scientific and his and career by the time he was in his early teens. Chatting with Nick Bunker here on Speaking of Writers, his book is Young Benjamin Franklin, The Birth of Ingenuity. How was Franklin different, Nick, from the other founding fathers? Well, he was a lot older, for one thing. I mean, he was a good 30 years older. And I think that meant that his experience was far greater. He'd, 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 he'd also had the experience, you see, of, of having to work very hard at a, a, a manual and also commercial occupation of being a printer for like 25 years before he could become a scientist, before he could develop himself to public service. And that was something he'd never had to do. I mean, Jefferson, Washington, they, they were all, to some extent, people born to privilege, or they were lawyers, which Frank never was. The very interesting point about Franklin was that Franklin had pretty negative views about the legal profession. He didn't really—he wasn't very interested in the law. That was just not his kind of thing. So he was very different in that sense. I think his experience of life, his experience of human beings, partly because he was a journalist, was much broader. And so he had this kind of broad sort of spectrum of wisdom that he could draw upon, which became immensely helpful to him, especially much later when he was working in Paris as a diplomat. That, that was really the thing. He was, he was a more diverse, broader human being. You also argue that when Franklin was a young man, the fear of failure was an essential element within his psyche. What makes you say that, and how did it shape his life? Well, I think this is something which I think is, which I'm talking about. I don't think other people have spoken about this about Franklin. It's something that came out of, 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 of some of the work that I was doing in London. Um, when I discovered that Franklin was connected with the, the painter William Hogarth, now, William Hogarth, the painter, in England is kind of a household name, right? Hogarth's paintings and uh, depictions of the 18th century have kind of defined the 18th century for English people. And Hogarth was somebody who was always talking in his paintings about success versus failure. A lot of his paintings are all about people who slip down the social scale, you know, people who slide into destitution. And I think Franklin, with like Hogarth, had this kind of was very fascinated by this subject. Franklin knew he'd been a great success, but he writes a lot in his work about people who were failures, and he wants to get at the, the question of what's the difference? You know, what is it that makes some people successful and other people failures? Why is it that some people rise to the top of the pile and others end up destroyed? And I think that was a really important part of Franklin's psyche. Uh, in many ways also, I think Franklin is a bit like Charles Dickens. Uh, if, I think there's only one English writer, in my opinion, who was ever influenced by Franklin and ever really connected with Franklin in terms of his, uh, uh, in terms of the story of his life, and that was Charles Dickens, as I say. 
And Dickens is also fascinated by that subject. Throughout the work of Dickens, as in Franklin, you have this underlying sense of the fear of sliding down into destitution. And in the 18th century, and indeed the early 19th century, there was no safety net in society. If you failed, you failed totally. What do you feel is Franklin's greatest legacy today? Opinions differ, and I've had some disputes about this with people. I gave a talk at the, uh, I did an event at the New York Historical Society where you know, I ended up getting a bit criticized because I talked about science and everybody else wanted to talk about politics. I mean, I personally, I think it's the science. Um, of course, you know, he was a great statesman. He took an, played an enormous role in the creation of the Republic, the, the New American Republic. But if Franklin were here today, you know, and, and if he were in Philadelphia today or if he were in Boston today, I think what he would really enjoy seeing is the huge concentrations of, of scientific talent in those locations, right? Um, Boston, really good example. I mean, look, look at Boston today. They've got MIT. They've got the Massachusetts General Hospital, Harvard Medical School. And Franklin, I think, would really like that because one of the things that Franklin was trying to do in his career in Philadelphia was to create lasting institutions of scientific learning that would help to improve the life chances and the well-being of the American people. But that was really one of the really big themes of his, of his life. The American Philosophical Society, you know, which, we try to, which he helped to create. The University of Pennsylvania. You know, hospitals in, in, in Philadelphia. The teamwork he did with electricity. I think, in many ways, Franklin would see this as being his great kind of legacy. And he would be delighted, I think, to see the kind of immense amount of scientific R&D and so on that goes on in the United States. And he would also be fascinated, let's face it, by people like, Elon Musk. I mean, I don't think Elon Musk really has much in common with Benjamin Franklin, but Franklin would be fascinated by the kind of disruption that's going on today because Franklin was, in many ways, a disruptor. Nick Bunker, the book is Young Benjamin Franklin, The Birth of Ingenuity. Nick, thank you so much for joining me. Okay, thank you. And you can get more info and connect with Nick Bunker on Twitter at NBunkerAuthor, on Facebook at NickBunkerAuthor. Again, the book is Young Benjamin Franklin, The Birth of Ingenuity. And that's Speaking of Writers in Capital Region Sunday, a production of Town Square Media Albany for this week. We're back again next week with another edition. I'm Steve Richards.